praise God. I um, I kind of I kind of wrestled with this sermon here today, um, asking God if He really wanted me to preach this, and uh, uh, obviously He said He did because otherwise I wouldn't be up here about to do it. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But it kind of uh, it kind of started with some discussion we were having. We had a wonderful time of fellowship with a couple of our dear friends last week. And, um, and while we were discussing several things, we started talking about people searching, people searching for God, people searching for the Lord. And it rested so much on my spirit that uh, um, that night in going to bed and saying my prayers, I kept hearing it again, people searching, people searching. And it carried on through Thursday and into Friday until yesterday, finally yesterday, I decided to put together this sermon. And it's on searching. And there are so many people out there that are searching for God. And it's important that we know that searching and seeking, about searching and seeking for God, because there is such a rise in reported demonic activity that is out there in the area of devil worship and other things that's going on, especially in this era of social, social media and the age of communication, electronic communication that we have today. There's a rise on it. This occultic activity is happening in such a, a dramatic rise that even the Roman Catholic Church decided to open its doors to non-Catholics for the first time to invite them to their annual exorcism training conference which took place this last May. Never been done before. So they're recognizing that there's something going on. And also in April of 2019, the Satanic Temple in Arkansas was granted 501c3 nonprofit status as a church by the IRS. Granted 501c3 nonprofit status as a church. Granted it by the, IMA, by the IRS, which then enables, which now enables them to apply for faith-based grants. The government has grants that they give to churches and so forth, but now they can apply for those grants. And obviously those grants are not going to be used to further the, the word of Jesus Christ. It's going in their satanic direction. That same satanic temple you may have mentioned, I, I, you may recall I mentioned before, that they uh, started an after-school Satan club, and they wanted that in competition with the Christian after-school programs that they run in Arkansas, that one of which is called the Good News Club down in Arkansas. So they started one that's called the After-School Satan Club. And last year, that same organization placed a statue of the goat-headed creature, Baphomet, at the Arkansas State Capitol in an effort to get rid of the Ten Commandments there. So we see that the rise of occultic behavior and activity is taking place at an alarming rate more and more. And believe it or not, this occultic behavior is also finding its way into the church. This occultic behavior is finding its way into the church as people, people continue to be so desperately searching for God. So desperately searching for, for God. All of this is on the rise, so it is critical that we understand the potential dangers when searching for God. Now, please, what I'm saying here, do not fall off your seats. I'm not saying to stop searching for God. What God was showing me is that there's a danger out there in searching for God. It's fundamentally good to search for and to seek God. God wants us to seek him. But if we are not careful, we run into dangers when searching for him. We need to be careful where we are searching for God and should be careful running from here to there, searching from Jesus. What does the word of God say about that? Go to Matthew 24. Matthew 24. If God is telling me that there's a danger out there in searching for him, then there must be something to it because we know that God wants us to search for him. So what is it that's going on out there? Why is there a danger? Well, as I said, we should be careful just running from here to there searching for Jesus. Matthew 24, starting with verse 23 Matthew 24, verse 23, praise God, says, Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. 
For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Please underline, they shall receive the very elect. If it were possible, they shall receive, deceive, I'm sorry, deceive the very elect. So Jesus himself is saying, and if you ever read letter of Bible, these words are written in red, meaning that Jesus is speaking it. He says that if any man shall say to you, lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not, because there are many false prophets. So just because you're searching for God and someone says, oh boy, go over here, go to this conference, go to this symposium, go to that church, Jesus is there. Jesus is saying, uh, be careful here, believe it not, because there are many false prophets in those locations. You shouldn't be so quick to just pick up and go running someplace just because a friend or a family member or a relative or someone says, oh boy, this is a good church. Jesus is there. Jesus is here. Or go to this conference, go to this symposium, especially conferences and symposiums. And it says that this will happen so much, it says that the, it, it could be possible that they shall deceive the very elect. So the very elect is you and I, people here who are actively seeking God, who know the Lord, who have been walking with God for a period of time. Okay, and we value and we think of ourselves as knowing the Lord. But we, and we know many, many other people that have been born again believers for many, many years. You know, and I know some people that have gotten involved into things they shouldn't have gotten involved in. They've been walking with the Lord or they've been proclaiming themselves as Christians for 30, 40, 50 years. And then when you wonder, well, how did they go and get involved in that? How did they go and let themselves be sucked into it? The word of God says that the very elect may be deceived because there are false teachers and false prophets out there. We don't have to run all over God's creation trying to find a good word from someone or some organization. You want to hear a good word? Go to the so-and-so. You want to hear a good message? Go to the so-and-so. Oh boy, the word is that so-and-so. The word is that so-and-so. You go to Deuteronomy 30. You know, I see why God was, is saying this. That there are dangers in searching for me. If you're searching for him without him. If you're searching for him without guidance of Holy Spirit, Deuteronomy 30. We start with verse number 8. 30, verse 8. And thou shalt return and obey the voice of the Lord and do all his commandments, which I command thee this day. And the Lord thy God will make thee plenteous in every work of thy hand, in the fruit of thy body, and in the fruit of thy cattle, and in the fruit of thy land for good. For the Lord will again rejoice over thee for good, as he rejoiced over thy fathers. If thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, underline, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in this book of the law, and if thou turn unto the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. For this commandment which I command thee this day, uh, uh, this day is not hidden from thee. Neither is it far off. Let me read this again. For this commandment which I command thee this day, it is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that thou shouldest say, Who shall go up for us to, to heaven and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldest say, Who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it? Verse 14, underline. But the word is very nigh unto thee, is very near unto thee, in thy mouth and in thy heart, that thou mayest do it. The word is very nigh unto thee, and in thy mouth and in thy heart, that thou mayest do it. So it means that we don't have to go running all over kingdom come looking for the word of God. We don't have to be running into other states or running into other parts of the country or running into other parts of the city or whatever. If you know where God's word is, you don't have to go running someplace else because, first of all, if you are searching for God, know, the, know that you know that you know that you know that the word of God is very near you. You don't have to go all over kingdom come looking for it and searching for it. It's right very near. It's in your heart. It's in your mouth. It's in your spirit. It's in this book. So you don't have to go. Jesus said, first of all, if they say Jesus is there, don't be so quick to believe it because they are false prophets. And they said, you don't have to go running all over God's creation looking for the word because the word of God is very near you. So that kind of takes some of the water out of what Jesus is. I got to go find a word. I got to go find a word. Anybody know this is a good church? Let me go find a word. And just go barreling on and on. But just because someone says Jesus is there. God is warning us about that. 
Why do we need to be so careful about where we are seeking the word? There's a lot of falsehoods out there that could lead you astray. Go to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy. And boy, if you, see, have, if you have seen some of the things that I saw over the last few days in praying about and researching this topic, boy, you'd shake your head. You'd shake your head at the things that are going out there today in some of these churches. <laughs> you, you, would, you would be totally, totally amazed. So that just bears out what the word of God is saying is so true. 1 Timothy 4, verse number 1. 1 Timothy 4, verse number 1. Now, the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith. Underline, in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Underline all of that, please. Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, which God has created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing is to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. For it is, the, it is, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. So he's saying here again that in latter times, in latter days, that some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. They decide to go off someplace else, and all of a sudden, they're hearing these very gifted, or, very gifted orations coming from those behind the pulpit or wherever they might be, or even worse, in some sort of a symposium or some sort of a meeting or whatever. And you've got these very gifted people up there speaking very, very articulately, and they all have Ph.D. and all sorts of a theological uh, alphabet letters behind their names. And so right away, you think they must be speaking the gospel truth. Well, Jesus, what the word of God is saying here is to take heed because these latter times, some shall depart from the faith. Some of these people may have started out being in the faith. They may have very well been in the faith, but where did they let their life path take them? So they're talking, they're talking of seducing spirits. In other words, these things that they're talking about sounds good and, and doctrines of devils. And they come up with things such as an example here is forbidding to marry and abstaining from meat where people are coming up and saying, well, you know, men can't marry. Or certain men can't marry. Or certain eat, you can't, on Friday, you can't eat meat. That's not in the Bible. That's not in the Bible. Amen? Amen? So what I'm saying to you is that if you're not careful, you start listening to these seducing spirits coming from people that are, that are, are, are men and women of, of God. And maybe they were at one time, but they've since drifted away. But now they're being guided by spirits themselves. And what they're speaking is not truth. So they're saying, and be careful. In latter days, some shall depart from the faith. We see that in Second Peter. Go to Second Peter. Praise the living God. Second Peter chapter two. And think about it that we don't realize that these false prophets are there because when you see the person standing before you, when you see the person speaking so eloquently and, and referring to the word of God supposedly, no way do you think of them as being a false prophet. Okay? So the danger in searching for God without God, without Holy Spirit, is that you will sit right there and you won't even, you won't even realize when that is starting to seep into your head, seeping into your mind and getting into your spirit, being quietly and very subtly poisoned. Second Peter 2, uh, chapter 2, verse number 1. But there were false prophets also among the people. Okay, underline that. Also among the people. Even as there shall be false teachers among you, underline, even as there shall be false teachers among you who privately shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow, underline, many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. When I think in, when I, when I read here, false teachers among you who privately shall bring in damnable heresies, right away I think, I think about that so-called holy laughter. I couldn't believe that. We were talking about that the other night. You know, if you've ever seen that in action, if you are a child of God, you will spot it in a heartbeat and you will see that this is bogus. This is bogus. We saw that in action back in New York at one particular church we were in and that individual who was, who was, who was, was, was pushing it and still is pushing them, pushing it. It came out of the Toronto Blessing up in Canada back in 94, I believe it was, and it's still trying to spread around the country. And he was in this particular church, and he started this laughter, and these people are just falling out. They're just laughing like crazy, and, everything. and you know in your spirit that something is not right with this. 
And he came over to us in the pew, the line of pews that we were in, and we looked at him, and we, my wife and I said, in the name of Jesus, we rebuke you and bind you up. He stopped in his tracks. Well, we're going to let him lay hands on us. He stopped in his tracks, and he backed away. And he backed away. See, but these are damnable heresies. And it's being presented as this is Holy Spirit laughter. Holy Spirit laughter. So this is the Holy Spirit doing this. And then the pastor is trying to preach, supposedly under the unction of the Holy Spirit. And the, 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 the pianist up on the stage there, all of a sudden she bursts out laughing, literally fell off the, off the bench and rolled underneath the table, the, the piano, rolling in laughter while the minister's trying to preach. Now, if the preacher is preaching under the unction of the Holy Spirit, and this is Holy Spirit laughter in this woman, why would the Holy Spirit be contradicting himself so that the preacher can't even preach his message about Jesus Christ? You see, these are our pernicious ways that find its way right into the church. There's a danger in searching for God. Absent Holy Spirit. Absent Holy Spirit. Okay, right? False prophets also arose among, among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. And they will secretly bring in destructive heresies. We go to 2 Corinthians. We see more. Then we're going to get to what needs to be done. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Second Corinthians chapter 11. And starting with... Verse 13. And I'm just, just, just touching on the tip here of the scriptures and verses on false teachers and false prophets, because obviously we could spend an entire day on the subject. So I'm just giving you a few of the, the key verses here, but there are many others that you can search on for yourself. And as you're searching false prophets and false teachers and heresies and whatnot, look at what's going on. Okay? And, and there's, there's a ton, there's a, there's, there's a, plethora, a plethora of information out there online where you can see these things in action. Where you can see them in action so that you're not operating in a void. Verse number 13, 13 says, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. Underline. Such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel. For Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Please put a bracket around all three of those verses and, and highlight that. In 15 again, there is no great thing by the, by, by, um, no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness. So what is this saying here that there are false apostles and deceitful workers transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ? None of these people will ever tell you that, 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 that we are not apostles of Christ. Many of them will have names and titles even, Apostle so-and-so, Father so-and-so. Some of them like to be called Papa by their congregations. Okay? And these are people who stand up before you presenting themselves as apostles of Christ. I'm talking about Jesus Christ. Oh, this is in accordance with the word of God. But the things that they're doing are far from being the truth. Not my words, the word of God. And it says, and no marvel or no wonder, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Satan will never appear to you as Satan. If the devil or demonic spirit or evil presents itself to you, it's not going to present itself to you in its true form. Because why? You would have enough sense to rebel, to go in the opposite direction. But it will, it will present itself as a quote, as an angel of life. Something that is very, very appealing. A Trojan horse, if you will. We need to be very, very careful about to whom we are listening and to what we are subscribing to and what we are believing and taking into our spirits. If you can't check it against the word of God, if you can't verify it with Holy Spirit, then those actions that you're seeing, those words that you're hearing, you need to negate them right away. If you are in a place where all of a sudden you thought you were going there to hear a good message you thought was God, Holy Spirit filled and so forth, and all of a sudden you see the thing taking a left turn, and the word and the message and things that are going on, all of a sudden, very obvious, not of God. You need to be very, very bold and stand up and leave. Don't worry about being politically correct or Christian correct or whatever the term is. You get up and leave. If you know that what is going on in that place is not of God, you need to leave. Amen? And, and, don't, and, and don't even get started. I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but, but laying on of hands? Don't you let people be just, just, just quickly laying hands on you that you don't know anything about them. 
The Word of God talks about that also. I don't know if I'm going to get to those scriptures today, but it says about laying hands on Sunday. You don't want to let people just laying hands on you and praying over you. You know, and don't be so concerned about how it'll look if I tell the person, no, thank you. I don't want you to pray over me. If you know Holy Spirit is showing you that something is not right here, you be bold enough to just tell that person politely, no, no, thank you. No, thank you. I don't need you to lay your hands on me. That's okay. And if need be, you leave. You leave. You leave. What would you rather? Would you rather stand there and look so politically correct, if you will, in church and not insult that person and let that person come over and lay hands on you, who is the personification of the devil himself, implanting or imparting to you something that is not of God? And there are many, many buzzwords that they use. The Holy Spirit will show you that this is not of me. They'll be saying strange things. What was the thing our friends were telling us? um, Laying hands on you and let me read your mail. Laying hands, you're talking about, let me read your mail. All right? Okay? You need to spot stuff like this. And don't think just because I'm in a church and everyone is singing Jesus songs, that what this individual is doing to you is of God or is in the Bible. The devil is out there. So the devil is out can be transformed into an angel of light. There's a danger in searching for God without God. Many of these people disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. The word of God says, but their end shall correspond to their deeds. Amen. Now, there are two categories of people that are seeking God. The first category are those who are directly and openly seeking God through the occult. Say, whoa, where do you get that from? There are those that are openly and directly seeking God through the occult. Those people are those that are seeking shortcuts to God. They're seeking shortcuts. They want to know the future. They want to get past me worshiping and consecrating myself before the Lord and inviting Jesus into about and speaking with Holy Spirit, telling, speaking to the Lord in prayer and letting Holy Spirit minister to you. God can show you your future. He sure can. He won't show you perhaps 20 years out or whatever he may. I mean, I don't want to speak for God. I'm not God. But God gives us, gives us glimpses of where we should go, where we shouldn't go. Okay? But those that are actively seeking God by using the occult are those that want to seek God through a shortcut. They don't want Holy Spirit. They don't want to really bow down to Jesus. They don't want to really, really submit themselves to God. But I want a shortcut. Boy, this place over here teaches, teaches you, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to teach you how to be a prophet. I'm, I'm, I'm going to teach you how to heal. We have these healing rooms. We have these little gimmicks that we can do. All you got to do is pay your little fee, buy these booklets and stuff. We're going to teach you. Guess what? Prophecy comes from the Holy Spirit, period. There's no man, I don't care how gifted or anointed he or she may be, can teach you to prophesy. There's no man or woman that can teach you to heal. It comes from, it's a gift from Holy Spirit. No man has control of that. So the minute you start hearing those sides, oh, we're, going, we're going to come and, and enroll in our supernatural school of the so-and-so. The minute you start hearing that supernatural word, you need to start backpedaling and running in the opposite direction. The things of God operate in the supernatural to the point that they are supernatural, meaning outside of the natural. But it's not this kind of do-do-do-do-do-do-do, this kind of spooky little quirky little gimmicky kind of supernatural thing for a slight fee. We're going to teach you how to do it. We're going to lay hands, then we're going to tell you, just start prophesying. Just, start, just keep prophesying until you get it straight. Just keep on trying, keep on trying. And this is going on, saints. This, this is going on. So God says, says for such are false apostles, apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. So the, 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 first, the first group of people I'm talking about here are those that are seeking these shortcuts. And we all know what the word says about the occult. But there are people in the church who are unwittingly, or maybe some are wittingly, seeking God through the occult. Go to Deuteronomy 18. The way things are going in the world, if you look at the geopolitical shape of the world today and you see what's going on, you can see that something's afoot. And the devil himself is trying to find people through the church to bring over to his way of thinking. So there's a danger in searching for God without God. Chapter 18, verse number 9. This is God talking to Israel here, and he's saying, When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you any one that makes his son or his daughter to pass through the fire. 
or that uses divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. For all these do, uh, for, for all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord thy God does drive them out from before thee. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. For these nations which thou shalt possess hearkened unto observers of times and unto diviners. But as for thee, the Lord thy God has not suffered thee to do so. Suffered meaning allowed. God has not allowed you to do so. He talks about abominations. What are some of those abominations? We just read them. God goes on to describe that as divination. Reading the entrails or the insides of animals, tea leaves and all that sort of things and other natural elements. An observer of times, that's astrology as we know it today. An enchanter, uh, an, an enchanter is one that uses omens, spells or mind control. Mind control. A witch, a charmer or a consultant with familiar spirits. The Lord also adds in there a wizard or a necromancer. A necromancer such as grave soaking, which is the involvement of consulting the dead. Now, this is real. Grave soaking is real. Grave soaking is where someone actually goes and lies down on a grave. They go and they lie down on a grave in the belief and practice of pulling the supposed Holy Spirit out of that dead body that was previously in that believer. They lie down on the grave in the hopes of pulling, cracking up, right? It seems, it seems, seems, seems funny. It seems crazy. It's happening, saints of God. It's happening. Okay. And I, again, it's out there. You can go on the web and do the research and you'll see that there are churches that are doing this. When you lay on the grave in the hopes of being able to pull the Holy Spirit from the dead bones into yourself. It's taught that when a spirit empowered, a spirit, a Holy Spirit empowered individual dies, the Holy Spirit mission in life dies with them. So if you go and lay on their grave, then you can pull that Holy Spirit mission out of you. This is necromancy. This is what the word of God is saying to stay away from. Okay? Okay? It's real. So God is saying that there's a danger in searching for me if you're searching for me without knowledge of me and without adherence to my Holy Spirit. Well, how dangerous is this? It's being practiced by some so-called charismatic churches today. The charismatic movement, by the way, has changed to really cover such a broad thing now that any, any Christian organization that they call themselves non-denominational is now kind of characterized as charismatic. But the charismatic movement has gotten so carried away with a lot of this really, really crazy stuff that it is so out of line with the word of God it isn't funny. There's nothing new under the sun, saints, nothing new. Time has not changed the human condition. Man still has a craving to know things that he cannot know. Man still has a craving to know things of the future that God does not necessarily want you to know. The human condition has not changed. This ages-old desire has its roots in the most ancient occult practices known to man. So we need to be careful because it's finding its way into the church. So that's the first type. The first person, the first one is the, the person that goes looking for God but wants to use the occult to find God. The second category are those people that are seriously seeking God because they genuinely want to know God and to grow in God. They sincerely want to know God. There's, no, there's nothing there. They just want to know him and grow in him to, to be able to be to serve him. This can, this can also become a dangerous thing if you are seeking God in the wrong places and you are not using discernment and are not closely in tune with Holy Spirit. You see, you may deeply desire and in a way that's even more dangerous, because while you deeply, really, really you sincere in your heart and wanting to know God, you wind up going into a place and you become so vulnerable because you're just open to just drinking in God, open to just drinking him in. Those who are really, 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 really deeply desire an intimate, uh, an intimate walk with God can be so vulnerable to exploitation by demonic cults and false religions because they are sincere in their hearts. They are really sincere in their hearts. There is nothing new under the sun. Like I said, time has not changed the human condition. Man still has a craving to know and to worship God. Man does it. it, it every single human being on this planet wants to worship God. But we know from history, and we know from, from history, even prehistoric history, we know from cave paintings and everything, that there was always a sun god, a rock god. There was somebody that they were praying to because man has this desire to worship God. You see? And the devil knows that. The devil knows. And the devil knows even that here is a sincere Christian who really, 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 really wants to know God. And the devil really starts licking his chops then because, boy, this is someone that I can get because they don't know God yet. And anything that I present to them as God, 
they're going to fall hook, line, and sinker for. Okay? So if we are someone who is really, really deeply searching for God, we need to be careful. Some of the so-called modern-day religions employ the same practices that are mentioned in Deuteronomy 18, but under the guise, like I said before, grave soaking and mind control. Okay, and, and, and people can wind up running into that if they don't know better. Searching, searching for God can be difficult for many of us because we want to believe that basically uh, people, people and the church are good. We want to believe the people in the church are good. We want to believe that churches are indeed who they say they are and that they have good intentions and that they are teaching and doing good and holy things. But unfortunately, that is just not the reality, unfortunately. Just like it is said today that we have to teach our kids that there are people in this world who would love to do them harm. They may appear to be nice, but they may want to do harm to them. And unfortunately, that is indeed true. The same thing applies to us us spiritually. The same thing. They may have good intentions, or they may appear to have good intentions, but the bottom line is they want you to come over to their side. We might wish that everyone who held up a Bible and said, thus saith the Lord, would really be a person sent from God. But we just cannot believe that on face value. Anyone can hold up a Bible and say, thus saith the Lord, and speak very, very piously and religiously. We must know and understand the word of God for ourselves and Holy Spirit in order to get guidance. Just because he says, thus saith God, does not mean thus did say God. But how do you know the difference? How do you know the difference? If I come out in flowing robes and there's wonderful holy music playing behind me, you know, and all of the other trappings, you know, of a, of a great, beautiful, pious church, and stand up here and I start speaking in a rich British voice, thus saith God. And the these and the thous, you know, and you get caught up in the music and everything, thus saith God, you know. God is telling me to go outside uh, and stick your head in the guillotine outside and pull the rope. Thus saith God. Okay. Now, obviously, anyone hearing something like that would say, oh, Creole, oh, that's crazy. I'm getting out of here. Well, guess what? People wind up falling for something that is much more subtle, but just much, much, much uh, more subtle, but just as dangerous, if not so. Because the things that they tell people to do and lead people to believe in. You want to get to heaven. We've got a whole bunch of graves out back. Let's go out back and let's lay on them. Follow my robe as we go out the back door. Lay on there and start praying to the Holy Spirit down in Joe Blow who died back in 1742. And you go following. Okay? Sounds ridiculous. Sounds ridiculous. But I say to you, saints of God, people that I've spoken to over the many, many years, the things that they tell me that they believe, and I look at them sometimes, and sometimes Holy Spirit will just check my tongue and say, don't say anything at the time. Other times, Holy Spirit have me speak up. But the things that they tell me that they believe in is just as far-fetched. Just as far-fetched. Oh, Jesus was Satan's brother, you know. Oh, yeah, Jesus was Satan's brother. It says so. It says so in the Bible. These things you hear and you say, no way, how can anybody believe that? But I'm telling you, they are, there are people that are falling into it. So you've got to know what the Word of God is saying and to really know what Holy Spirit is telling you to do. The sad truth is there are false prophets and teachers in the world who would lead you astray spiritually. You must be on guard against them. And listen, also, as I said before, this is not a rare thing either. In 1 John 4, 1, John the Apostle uh, warned, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Try the spirits. Try the spirits. Try the spirits. You're hearing someone talking something, and the Holy Spirit in you is saying to you, That doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound right. And he's saying, Thus saith God. You know, what about just saying a quick prayer? Lord, is that you speaking? Why are you sitting there? Lord, is that you speaking? You know? And again, and I say to you, if you're in tune with what's going on, if, if you're in tune with Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit will quicken to you whether or not this is of God. Until the time that my wife and I had seen this holy laughter, so-called phenomenon, we never heard of it before. Never heard of it before. Never. Never in our wildest dreams have we even thought, heard of that. But the minute this thing started and we watched this character in action, we knew that this was not of God. We knew it. And as we sat there and just observed more and more and more, Holy Spirit let it show itself more and more. We got up and we left. We left. I have no compunction. I have no worries about being so politically collect, correct or, or so whatever the term would be relative to things of church or, 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 or to be so nice or, or not being rude. 
that when my spirit is being endangered, when my soul is being endangered, when I'm running the risk of hearing nothing but garbage, that I'm going to sit there and hear it because I don't want to be impolite. I don't want to be seen to stand up in the middle of that man's sentence and walk out. I'm sorry. If you're talking garbage, I will stand right in the mid-sentence mid, mid that you're speaking and I will walk out. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me as I go through the aisle. You've got to stop and think, saints of God, because this is becoming more and more prevalent, more and more regular. And it's not coming in the ways that we would just so easily, readily expect. Yet you have to listen to, our, um, listen to what the word of God. Did you hear the repeated use of that word, many false prophets, it says in the scripture, there will arise? Not a few, but many. And that they will mislead not a few, but many will be uh, are misled. A couple of things to remember is that you cannot just listen to every preacher or teacher on television. Amen. You cannot just read every single book that comes along promising you spiritual growth. Okay. All right. There was a book that was uh, going through. It was the prayers of the, the prayers of, of, of Yabez, Jabez, Yabez, Jabez. Not that it isn't based on scripture and things like that. But there was a group. It was a thing now that this was being the basis of Bible studies. Bible study is where you study the Bible. You get caught up in these little cell groups, which are breakoffs of many of many large churches and whatnot. And many of those cell groups are good intention. And I'm not making this as a blanket universal statement, but I have known for a fact over the years that many of those so-called broken off splintered cell groups under a good church wound up being set up and being headed by leaders who were or really were not qualified to be leading a small group of people in the word of God. So what happens is the cell group start practicing and starts talking about things that are not really, really in the word of God. And it starts taking on a life of its own. And I've seen those cell groups over the years start morphing and, and, and devolving, not evolving, but devolving into something that is quite ungodly. So you have to be you have to be careful. You just can't go reading every book or going along with every single little group that claims that if you join this group or read this group is going to assist you in spiritual growth. Spiritual growth comes from whom? God. It's the Holy Spirit that's in you. What did the word of God say? It says, it says, Jesus said, I will give you the Holy Spirit. He will teach you things that no man can teach you. All right? There are things of the Holy Spirit that no man can impart to you. So you can't just go barreling ahead thinking that I'm going to go here, I'm going to go there, because someone recommended that church or this book or this organization. You just can't go to any church or any meeting and listen to every single kind of music that claims to be Christian. You can't go listening to every single kind of music that claims to be Christian. You need to get into the habit of using Holy Spirit discernment. Things are coming into your ears. Lord, is this of you? Things are coming into your mind in terms of thoughts. Lord, is this of you? You just can't go blindly accepting a hook, line and sinker because someone else recommended it. Amen. Amen. Many false prophets and teachers are in this world and Jesus commands us that for his followers to beware of them. The real danger here is that people, including we Christians, are being sucked in and are forgetting that the only hope for our future lies in Jesus Christ. You don't need to be running all over God's creation to find God. So how do we search for God? How do we search for God? In the natural, when we seek someone, our eyes are open. In the natural, if you're looking for your relative or your job or something, you're looking around, your eyes are open because you're trying to find it. In the spiritual realm, it doesn't work like that. When we begin seeking God, our eyes, when we're first seeking God, our eyes are spiritually closed because you simply don't know. All you know is at this point, there's this deep burning deep in your craw, deep in your gut. Like I, you've heard me say before, every human being has a, has a hole in the center, so to speak, okay? And many people try to fill that hole with, uh, with drugs, you know, with multiple marriages, you know, with all sorts of other sin. They try to stuff that hole, which is a God hole, but they try to fill it with all of these obvious, these other things. And that hole, those things just don't fit in. They may squeeze them in there and it may last for a while, but it's unsatisfactory and they wind up on a spiral, a downward spiral. The only thing that will fit that hole is God. Is God. So we go through life seeking these things. And at the time that we're seeking God, trying to fill that hole, our eyes are closed. We really don't know. We're kind of groping around out there. All we know is that this hole in here is, is desiring to be filled with God. I need to know God. The eyes are closed. So we need to have our spiritual eyes open. We need to have our spiritual eyes open. Let's go to a, a familiar scripture. Go to 2 Kings. 
We need to have our spiritual eyes open. And you see, and, and, and I will submit to you that the people that are out there that may be trying to convince you or trying to lead you into affiliating with or being involved with or getting into things that are not of God, that their eyes are spiritually closed because they do not know where they're leading you. Or in some cases, their eyes are spiritually closed to God. I should clear that up and say because they know where they're trying to lead you if they're already into it. They're trying to get you there. But their eyes are spiritually closed to the Holy Spirit. Okay? So we see in 2 Kings chapter 6, 2 Kings chapter 6, verse number 8. We've been here before, and I'm sure you remember these, these scriptures here. Then the king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, um, such a place, for thither the Syrians are come down. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him and saved, uh, and saved himself there, not once nor twice. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing, and he called his servants and said unto them, Will you not show me which of us, uh, which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, but uh, Elisha. Uh, the prophet that, in, that is in Israel, telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. And he said, Go and spy out the land. Go, go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by night and compassed the city about. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host encompassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servants said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? Now he was showing fear. He saw all of this huge army surrounding them, and he was showing fear. And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. So here he knew something, obviously, that the servant did not realize, that those that are with us are more than what you see out there with your eyes. He was looking at what he could see, all of the army out there. And 17, and Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes. Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. And he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Okay. So until the time that his spiritual eyes was open, he could not see what was out there. So until the time that your spiritual eyes are open, you really don't know what you're seeking. You, you don't know. It's hard for you to be guided because you cannot see what's out. You can't see the host of angels that God has encamped around about you. Your eyes are closed to spiritual things. Your eyes are closed to spiritual concepts. Your, eyes, your spiritual eyes are closed to, 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 spiritual, to spiritual, deep spiritual understanding that Holy Spirit would be trying to give you. So when you're out there doing that initial searching for God, you're kind of out there and your eyes are, your eyes are spiritually closed. You know, many times we sing that song, I'll open my eyes, Lord, I want to see Jesus. Okay, we sing about that. You need to ask God to open your eyes. In searching for God, you need to say to him, you know, if for some reason you, feel, you do feel led to go to a place, if for some reason you do feel led to go to a church, if for some reason you do feel led to go to a Christian symposium or conference or something, one of your prayers should be, one of the most significant part of your prayers should be, Lord, open my eyes that I may see. Open my eyes that I may see so that when I get there, Lord God, if anything here, there in that place is not of you, that I may see it and leave speedily and leave speedily. This is searching for God with Holy Spirit. When you're searching for God and you're just blindly going someplace because someone told you to go there, you know, or you want to find this, like I said before, this, this goosey, goosebumply kind of feeling. You want to see little strange things happening in the church and all sorts of stuff. You, signs and wonders will follow, the Word of God says, but also the Word of God also says, don't you go seeking signs and wonders. So you don't go to a church or a symposium or a conference just because you want to seek out and see God's signs like you. God, show me, show me, show me. Look for that goosebumpy feeling I call experience to think that I'm going to a good organization, a good church. If you're in a good church and the Holy Spirit is moving, is moving you'll see signs and wonders in God's time, if he so chooses. But the thing that you need to remember in searching for God, that you, first of all, your eyes are opened. And you ask God to open your eyes, Lord, that I may see. 
The minute you go bounding in and plodding into a place there and you're impressed by the surroundings, you know, and the crowd of people and the music is really awesome. Good Christian music will suck people in. Everyone enjoys a nice upbeat song. You can get up and you can dance and clap your hands and feel good. Okay? And it's like the devil is saying, yeah, feed them. Give them this stuff. Give them these tidbits. And then when they sit down, that's when we get them. Okay? And then Papa Master comes floating onto the stage with his trail, his cloak trailing behind him. And the spotlights shift and they shine down on him. The microphone is already around his neck so he doesn't have to carry one. He speaks in this booming voice. And he's got you. Oh man, the Lord is here. The Lord is here. Satan is God of this world, you know. The little G. Yeah, the Lord is here, all right. Do you know that the, the Satanists and whatnot refer to him as Lord Satan? You know that, right? Amen? Okay, all right. The Lord is here. So as Papa so-and-so comes out there and you heard all of that good music and whatnot, and you haven't prayed, Lord, open my eyes. You start hearing all that stuff and you start getting sucked in. But if you do go to that place and you're really, 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 really searching God and God knows your heart. If you're really searching God for all of the right reasons, God knows your heart. You go to that place and you walk into there and you've prayed that prayer before you got there. Lord, if this is not for me, if this is not where you want me, open my eyes, Lord, that I may see. You get into that place. The minute those doors close, at some point in time, Holy Spirit will tell you, will show you that this is not of me. Lord Jesus is not here. Why do you look for the living among the dead? What did he say? What did the angel say at the, at the tomb? Why do you look for the living among the dead? So why are you in this dead church? Why are you in this dead place looking for the living Jesus Christ? Why are you in this dead place looking for the living Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit? Why are you in this dead place seeking God when he is not there? But if you go in there and you are spiritually blind, your eyes are spiritually closed, you will not know. You will sit there and it will start sounding good because it appeals to your five senses. It appeals to your ears. The, the, the surroundings are so luxurious. It sounds so nice. Outside the place there, everyone's in, in, in big fancy cars and it's, and it's, such, it's, it's such richness there. We actually had someone that told us one time that she would never attend a church again that didn't have rich people in it and nice cars. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. To my eyes being spiritually closed. Right? So you're really, really seeking God. The way to do that is to have your, your spiritual eyes opened. And how do we get those eyes open? And th- those eyes get opened by seeking God. And how do we seek God? Let's go to Proverbs 8 real quick here in, in closing. Praise the living God. Proverbs 8. Proverbs 8, verse 17. And we've been here before many times. Brother Brandon has preached on this verse so many times, and we're back here again because it's something that's very important. Verse 17. I love them that love me and those that seek me early shall find me. Those that seek me early shall find me. Set me seeking God early. First thing in the morning, you know, you can seek God while you're brushing your teeth. You can seek him while you're in the shower. You don't need to go, wait, Lord, let me go grab my Bible and get down on my knees into a comfortable spot. You can seek God in the morning if you love him. Okay, and it's so critical because you need to get your marching orders for the day. You don't know what the day is going to bring you. There's no tomorrow. There's no today that's promised to you ever. My wife and I were driving along the other day, just out running some errands, and boy, we were driving this way, and this, from one of the, this cross street here, the light was green where I was driving. This van came barreling through. The red light was on his side. He just drove right through the light. Praise the living God. I looked up in time and jammed on my brakes, and he looked, and he was apologetically, you know, you know, waving and stuff like that. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Just suppose I'd been up a little bit further, and he came, he would have T-boned us. Amen. There's no tomorrow's promise to you. 
Okay. All right. You see, you see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? So you need to go out. You need to get up in the morning. You need to consult Heavenly Father. You need to get your marching orders for the day. You need to seek him out and say to him, Lord, what's on the agenda today? Lord, this is what I know because I'm in the secular world working, which God knows. But I've got these things on my agenda. Lord God, please, please help me, Lord God, to get through the day. Guide my thoughts, guide my actions. Help me to look out for any time bombs or, or road bumps that may be there, potholes that may be out there. Guide me. Seek him early in the morning. This is how we're seeking God. Amen. Amen. And if you start seeking God that way, even though your spiritual eyes may be closed, you will wind up seeing how discernment will start finding, it will start finding its way into your life. You'll start finding that you'll be more, you, you'll be more in tune with Holy Spirit. You'll be able to recognize, you'll be able to sense, you'll be able to feel, no, I don't need to go there. No, I shouldn't say this. No, I shouldn't call that person. Or no, I need to get back home. And, and, and it plays in such little, small, so-called insignificant ways. But this is how God works to get you to realize how to know it's him and how to trust him. My wife and I, again, we were doing, my wife and I do a lot of stuff together. Isn't that cool? My wife and I were going someplace again. And uh, um, something was expected to be delivered to the house that I needed to sign for. And we decided, well, let's go and make the trip downtown, do what we got to do down there and get back in time. And I felt, you know, don't do that. Don't do that. Stay and wait because it's going to be here before you know it. And I just kind of pushed it off. Got downtown and we were downtown doing whatever we were doing downtown. All of a sudden my phone went off and there was a notice that the truck was there at my door being delivered. Holy Spirit told me, don't leave. Don't leave. You see? Now, small thing, significant thing, insignificant thing, what Holy Spirit showed me right there. We were standing in Macy's when it happened. Standing right there in Macy's, Holy Spirit said to me, I told you so. Okay, you see? And that was just, as long as I've been in the Lord, as long as I've been in the Lord, that was just another indicator where God was reminding me, see, you better listen to these little things that I give you, because even though they may seem to be unimportant, you're learning to hear my voice still and learning my voice. So when God is telling you don't do something, just, just don't ignore it. You think about it and you pray about it. Or if God is saying to do something, just don't ignore it. You think about it and you pray and say, Lord, is that you? Because it never stops. I don't care how long I'm in the Lord, these things will continue to happen because God is always constantly showing me that God is indeed who he says he is according to this word. And it's not some little fairy tale. It's not some little fictional thing that everything that the word of God says is true and it can and does happen in your life, whether you believe it or not. You don't believe in gravity, so what? You go jump off the Empire State Building, see where you'll be. As the saying goes, you'll be a smash hit on Broadway. Amen? Amen? Believe in gravity, doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Believe in the Word of God or not, doesn't believe it doesn't exist. Believe in demons or not, doesn't believe that they don't exist. God believes they exist. Jesus believes they do. He talks about it in His words throughout, from Old Testament to New so you have to believe that these things are real in this world. People that believe in grave soaking are real, and there is a demonic influence behind that. They're opening tremendous doors. They don't believe the evil that they're opening the doors to in their lives. Playing around with something like that. But it's in the church. Many other things which I don't have time to get to, get, to go into. You see, but, but, but seeking God without Holy Spirit is a dangerous thing. Okay? God, uh, Jesus says, uh, um, we go real quickly here to, uh, to Deuteronomy 4. Praise the living God. Praise the living God. Deuteronomy 4, 29. Deuteronomy 4, 29. Praise Him. But if from thence... Thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him. Underline, seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him. Different thence, thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him. If you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. See, now that, that keeps being repeated. Underline that, if you seek him with all your heart and all your soul. In other words, seeking God is not just some passing fancy. You're not seeking God because all of a sudden it's in. It's popular to be seeking God. You're not seeking God because um, um, I want to go downtown with a group of people starting Friday night. 
And we're going to go soul saving. We're going to go save souls. And we're going to do this. And you're going to do that. And it makes you feel good inside because you're saving souls. But if you're not really, really deeply seeking God, then your efforts are going to be kind of pointless. Because while you'll be out there talking to a lot of people, expending a lot of energy, what are you really doing in terms of your bringing yourself closer to God? Okay? Okay? You ever stop and think to yourself that, that, that we're not saving people just to have another notch on my holy roller's belt? I saved 25 souls this month. That this is you seeking God in your way of wanting to serve him, of wanting to do his work, of being a worker. I want it really seeking God because you want to spread his love. You want other people to know of his love. You know, see? So, so, so seeking God goes, goes a lot more. Than, it's more like with all your heart and with all your soul. How much of you is really into seeking God? You know, are you simply seeking God in a church simply because it's popular to go to church? Or you don't want people to know that you don't go to church? Then most likely you'll wind up in one of those grave soaking places. Because it's easy to find them. They're all over the place. Or you just look for a building with the biggest parking lot and the most packed cars. Very easy to find them. And I'm not knocking large churches, not at all, because there are some large churches out there that are really, really Holy Spirit filled. And if you listen to what they're saying, they'll see that they're right in line with the word of God. Not by a long shot. I am not knocking large churches. I'm not knocking any churches. All I'm just saying to you that there are churches out there beyond a shadow of a doubt that are not doing the work of God. Okay, they may think they are, but that's because someone has lifted themselves up to be the head of that church that has some other vision. And they've led this whole church into following that. But now, in many cases, some of those churches even have printed up their own Bibles. They call it the so and so and so and so. And they refer to that. They don't refer to the to the Holy Bible. They've got their own version of the Bible. Okay, so you got to be careful. It's dangerous searching for God if you're not following God's Holy Spirit to guide you there. All right. So he says there again quickly in 29, but if from thence um, thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him, if you seek him with all your heart and with all thy soul. When you are in tribulation, underline, when you are in tribulation, and all these things are come upon thee, even in the latter days, if you turn to the Lord your God and shall be obedient unto his voice, for the Lord thy God is merciful, is a merciful God, he will not forsake thee. Neither destroy thee, nor forget the covenant of thy fathers, which he swear unto them. So the key words there are when you're in tribulation, when these things will come upon you, if you shall be obedient. When you've got bad, hard times going on in your life, seek God. When things are not going, you know, it's easy to seek God and everything when things are going really well. Oh, boy, I feel good. I think I'll go to church today. I think I'll seek. I think I'll pray today. I feel so good. I'm so happy and everything. What about when things aren't so happy? What about when you're struggling? Okay. All right. This, this is when you really need to say, you know, Lord, I need your help. You've heard me say before, one of the most, you know, the Lord, the, the, God says the words, the, the, the prayers of a, the fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much. One of the most fervent prayers in the world is, God, help me. In the name of Jesus, help me. I don't know what else to do, Lord. It, it is barreling down upon me. The circumstances, the he, the she, the whatever. Lord, I don't, this thing is due next week and I don't know how I'm going to be able to do it. Lord, help me. That's a fervent prayer. That's when you've cut through the, through the chaff. You put all of the correctness, all of the pomp and circumstance apart, aside. And you simply do what God says. You're seeking him with all your heart and with all your soul. God will honor that. God will honor that. Okay? But if you're out there, you're seeking God with, only because of the fact a family member or a friend or something you read online or something you saw, you know, go to this place, go to that place because, boy, that's the place. Jesus is there. That's the place. You'll see signs and wonders. That's the place. You'll say, ah, oh, no, no, no. That's not seeking God with all your heart and with all your soul. You're being caught up and you're doing it for other reasons. You're, you're curious. You're curious. I mean, curious relative things of God can be very dangerous to you. Because the devil sees that curiosity and that it can be misplaced and taken someplace else. You know? Do you think I'd be curious to go and see somebody lay on a grave? Do you think I'd be curious to go to a place where people are being told to stick their heads in a honey barrel 
Literally, it's a barrel with painted on the side like honey oozing off the side and it says honey barrel. And this thing is in the middle of the sanctuary. People are running up, sticking their heads in it. And when they come up, they're laughing and they're filled with the Holy Spirit or something else, whatever. And when someone who had defected from the church, this is true. When someone had defected from the church and said, was there anything in the barrel? They said, no. They said, no. All right. In the meantime, others in the congregation, and this is on videotape, this is on film. Others in the congregation were kind of just staggering around like this in a stupor. Around the, a minister came out and she was supposed to be preaching and she was just acting. She never did ever preach. She was just giggling and oh, oh, like she was exhausted. It was, it's called being drunk in the spirit. And she laid down on the floor, prostrate just like that, on the, and just stayed there. Oh, oh. And people in the audience were kind of chuckling and, so, and kind of just lumbering around. I, would ne- I was amazed. And this is real. This is real. I am not making this up. And there are people that are going to these churches every Sunday and during the week when they have classes and so on like that, following what's going on there. Nowhere in the Bible say anything like that. Okay? Proverbs does not speak of honey barrels. <laughs> he who sticks his head in honey barrels shall find but this is what's going on, and the people are falling for this hook, mind, and single. So this is the kind of searching, when God was telling me, searching for me can be a dangerous thing. And I was kind of shocked by what I was hearing for, for a sermon today. He said, yes, yes, searching for me can be a dangerous thing. I said, well, Lord, how can I go telling people that searching for God is dangerous? That's kind of counterintuitive. It's kind of counter against what I'm supposed to be up here doing. I'm supposed to be saying searching for God is a good thing. The qualifying thing is how you're searching for God. How? Amen? 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 We see here um, uh, two more scriptures. Jeremiah 29. Praise him. Jeremiah 29. Praise the living God. Chapter 8. I'm sorry, 29, verse 8. Twenty-nine, verse 8. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, let not your prophets and your diviners that be in the midst of you, let not your prophets and your diviners that be in the midst of you deceive you, neither hearken to your dreams, which you cause to be dreamed. For they prophesy falsely unto you in my name. I have not sent them. Underline that, please. For they prophesy falsely unto you in my name. I have not sent them, saith the Lord. For thus saith the Lord, that after seventy years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good work toward you in causing you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. Verse 12 on the line. Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And you shall find me, seek me, and find me, when you shall search for me with all your heart. See? It says there repeatedly so many times. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity, and I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places whither I have driven you, saith the Lord. And I will bring you again into the place whence I caused you to be carried away captive. All right? But then again, again, 13, if you, you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. That seems to be the repeating, the repetitive words there. Searching for me with all your heart, with all your heart. And then he says there again, um, where it says uh, nine, for they prophesy falsely unto you in my name. I have not sent them. Right? He says that the prophet, the false prophets are in your midst. Okay. The same thing applies to us today. They're in our midst. And if you don't believe that, look at some of the things that, that are out and about. Uh, last scripture here for real. Second Chronicles. I keep saying we're getting there, but we are. Praise the living God. Second Chronicles 15. Second Chronicles 15. Praise the living God. And the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded, and he went out to meet Asa and said unto him, 
Hear you me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you be with him. If you seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. If you forsake him, he will forsake you. Now, for a long season, Israel has been without the true God and without a teaching priest and without law. But when they uh, but when they in their trouble did turn unto the Lord, God of Israel, and sought him, he was found of them. All right. But when in their trouble they turned to him and sought him, he was found of them. So if you seek God, he will be there. He'll definitely be there. There's no looking toward another man to see or determine what our future holds. Jesus holds our future and the word of God tells us all we need to know as guided by Holy Spirit. God clearly speaks against divination and the occult and calls it an abomination. I encourage you, I encourage you all, especially Christians, to consult the word of God to see what he says about searching and seeking. God says that my people perish for the lack of knowledge. We need to stay alert against the wiles of the evil one, even in the church. We need to stay alert, even in the church. He is crafty. It is with the seemingly innocent things of life that we are the most, we are most often trapped. We need to focus on the Lord Jesus Christ and know deep in our spirits that our futures lie safely in his very capable hands. So I say to you all, children of God, please do not be deceived. Please don't be deceived. Jesus Christ, he is the way, he's the truth, and the life. Don't let yourselves be guided down some other garden path just because you think this is a good idea, you know, or it sounds like a cool thing to do because you're playing with your very souls. You're playing with your very life. You don't know how you could be getting yourself out of line with the will of God, which could therefore wind up putting yourself in a very vulnerable position. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I pray that this message was a blessing to you. Now, before we close, let us honor God with our tithes and offerings.